gotta transfer all the old VHS home movies onto an actual format that can be watched. Oh, yeah. So you digitizing? One of these guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, either that or you gotta like plug the camera into your computer. Firewire. Oh, you think we have a camera that can play these tapes? <laughs> well, perhaps that's perhaps that's overstating a bit. Mm-hmm. Besides, these things are awesome. Anytime you take a little cartridge and put it in a bigger cartridge <laughs> that can be read, that's awesome. <laughs> it's like Game Genie. With the little thing VHS and the big tapes. thing, everybody's happy. That's what she said. I'm just... No, man, that would not... <laughs> that's not how that works. <laughs> oh, that explains a lot. Welcome to another episode of the Daily Screening Podcast. My name, as always, is Daily, and joining me this week, my partner in phosphorescent crime, Bartholomew Devin. Wait, why phosphorescent? Phosphorescent. Uh, Because this week we watched Fury, uh, David Ayer's World War II tank film, Uh, and uh, it's full of of tracer bullets. Every fifth round is phosphorescent. You can see where it's going. Oh. So so cool. It looks like it looks like a World War II movie where everybody's shooting lasers at each other, which is pew, my favorite pew, pew, part. Pew. Yeah, exactly. It's like a GI Joe. It's like an episode of the old GI Joe cartoon. It's okay. fantastic. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, so you get to be you're you're my partner in phosphorescent crime this week. Okay. Speaking uh, of weeks, just because I've actually lost count, what number is this? Thirty five. Five. I think this is thirty five. Thirty five or thirty. It might be thirty six. Thirty five or thirty six. One or the other. Mm. We're getting we're getting up there. We're, you know. Mm, Are you planning a little more than halfway of a of a year's worth of podcasts? Although we haven't been doing it well, the first couple were spaced out. You know, I think very intermittent. Right. I think what you should do is plan some sort of party for episode fifty. I feel like that's a good round number. A good round number. Yeah. Have a a giant free for all. Have a a big crew of a big guest star bonanza. Mm, Maybe. Mm. That might be totally chaotic. Might be improbable. Yeah. That, that sounds right. Impracticable. Impracticable. Impr- yeah, I'll go with impracticable. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to talk Fury uh, today, but first we're going to talk about, oh my God. But first. What a week in uh, comic book uh, superhero movie goings-ons. Uh, there are many things. There were many things. Many things. Um, well, let's, let's, we'll start with Marvel, because amazingly, this actually feels like uh, almost the le- there's almost it's it's almost the easier topic to ha- to, to to tackle here. The last few weeks, uh, Robert Downey Jr. has been doing all sorts of press and interviews because he's got that movie, his movie The Judge, along with him and Robert Duvall, um, out. So he's been doing publicity for that. And Which so, I hear is actually pretty good. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I don't know. It could be. I mean, look, it's Robert Downey I, Jr. I it's hear, Robert Duvall, great cast. I hear that. Well, I mean, I'm assuming that Downey is. As good as, as ever. Yeah. And I, what I heard was that Duval was really good. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. I totally buy that. So he's doing a lot of interviews, uh, a lot of press for this movie. 
And so, of course, every interview at some point, the interviewer says, "Whoa, what's happening? Are you gonna? Is there gonna be an Iron Man four? Like, what's the deal with Marvel?" Yeah. Every interview, he would say something a little bit different, you know. So it was like one day they'd be like, "Oh, he says maybe there'll be an Iron Man four. The next was, "No, he says there's not gonna be an Iron Man four. There's not. Like, it's back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. On Tuesday uh, this past week, uh, or last week now, once this thing airs, um, Marvel announced that uh, Downey Jr. will be appearing in Captain. America like 3. three. Um, and originally, I think this was supposed to be sort of more of a, not quite a cameo, but, you know, maybe a couple of scenes. Think like uh, Sam Jackson in yeah. Iron Man 2, where he has kind of like two good scenes. Yeah. Um, no, he's going to be sort of, you know, I wouldn't say co-starring, but he's going to have a very big role in this movie. Um, it's going to kick off the Marvel Civil War uh, storyline. Yeah. Um, which, so the, you know, the way that war, or what that's all about. Um, this and you know this is sort of a an a loose adaptation of a, of a storyline from the from the comics, which is sort of how Marvel has done all of these things up to now. Like Winter Soldier, like that movie wasn't really an adaptation of the Winter Soldier comics. It was just sort of like they took that character. So, but the story, the plot wasn't exactly the same. Um, yeah. Ultron is going to be Avengers Two is Age of Ultron. That's a very that title is very specific to the comics, but it's not going to be a straight adaptation of that yeah. story either. Mm -hmm. um, but in the comics, what Civil War was all about was um, basically was the government saying, uh, you know, drawing a line in the sand when it came to costumed, superpowered beings. It's called the Incredibles. Well, yeah, you know, The Incredibles definitely draws, like, yeah, it definitely draws some parallels. Um, the idea, there's in, there's a specific incident that sort of kicks the thing off um, and in the comics, and that's like a sort of B-level hero and a villain get in a fight in a small town, and they basically accidentally level this town uh, and kill a bunch of, like, 600 people, including a school with, like, 60 kids. Um, do it. And it becomes this big PR disaster, and uh, the government basically says, "All right, listen, like we're not gonna tolerate all of these. Like everybody off on their own doing whatever nonsense. Like if you wanna, you have superpowers. If you are a costume vigilante, if you're gonna be out there like fighting evil and crime, like we need to know who you are, and like your missions need to be like organized and sanctioned through like Shield through." A government agency um and some heroes sort of take to that and some heroes do not take to that and they say no 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 and a lot of it has to do with uh, unveiling their secret identities yeah um spider-man is sort of at the at the crux of this thing yeah um where so uh, the the two sort of figureheads are iron man and captain america yeah uh, iron man gets on board with this superhero registration act thing um, the mutant, mutant registration, registration act. act yeah very similar Fucking um, government man i know and uh and captain america sort of becomes a figurehead for people who know no, no, we're we have we're gonna do whatever we have to do, and you know we can't be you know connected. We can't be tied down to a government agency. Um, and so, uh, and and like I said, Spider-Man kind of falls in the middle of this because as sort of a big PR stunt, they get Peter Parker to reveal his his secret identity. Um, and so basically, it's these two factions of heroes kind of going to war with each other. Not really like open war, but yeah, they they they're at a, they're at, at odds with each other. You know. Iron Man is hunting Captain America and his friends and so on. So um, now that's obviously, like I said, it's not going to be a straight adaptation of that story yeah. here in the movies. Um, for one thing, none of the Marvel her movie heroes have secret identities. They're all, all their identities are out in the open. That's true. So that isn't really, I don't, I, I feel like that's the first thing that's going to go by the wayside. Um, 
and I think this is actually going to be tied pretty closely to uh, Avengers 2, to Age of Ultron. Um, hmm. What I have heard of Age of Ultron is that um, this is a movie that is going to it's going to end in a very dark place with the heroes very much kind of scattered and at odds with each other and not necessarily on the same side anymore. Um, and the world gets legitimately fucked up in this movie. Um, and, and Tony Stark, I think takes a lot of the responsibility and bears a lot of the guilt for it because Ultron is his invention in the movie. Um, which is, I think, why, which I see, I sort of expect that that's going to be what drives him to sort of get on board with the government and say, makes sense. Look, like, we were all operating on our own, and, like, look, we almost, you know, destroyed the fucking planet. Like, there needs to be a process to this. There needs to be, you know, an organization and oversight, and this is the way it's going to have to be, or else something much worse is going to happen. Perhaps they will kill Pepper. Yeah, exactly. Right. Who knows, right? Some, yep. some, there's going to be some kind of dramatic stakes here. Um, and uh, I th- and I think Captain America, especially coming, which makes sense, coming out of the events of Winter Soldier, where you know yep. he basically said, no, we have to dismantle Shield. Like the one agency is no better than the other. Like you know, so mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think it's pretty fascinating that they've decided to go this route. Yeah, I was um, again, as I often am, was clicking around on the internet and I mm-hmm. came across I don't know who it was, maybe. Uh, who are the guys who do the uh, honest trailers? Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't those, those guys. guys anyway, yeah. those came across something, and they said it was a topic was how to fix Marvel, which is weird because it's like they're not really in trouble. Yeah. Anyway, the, the one of the guys' big gripes was that Marvel doesn't have any villains of any great depth. Basically, yeah. they keep dipping into the Loki pool. Pool. Yeah. Over and over again. This is a really interesting way to generate some some villains Mm -hmm. i mean and it also i mean it's i mean if you look at the whole marvel universe there hasn't been a great um well until cap 2 came around anyway there hasn't been a great uh story arc for the entire universe for the characters sure but not the whole world Mm -hmm. and uh this this would do it yeah yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, this is going to be... And so, and this, I think, leads directly into what we were talking about last week, uh, literally days before this story broke, um, about Marvel looking at everybody's contracts and deciding, hey, they're going to hold some of these guys off yeah. uh, to not appear in Avengers 3 and hold them off for some future movie. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense to a certain degree if, you know, if, like I said, the Avengers 2 sort of ends up with the team kind of split up and having gone their own separate ways and cap is now sort of leading a new team of especially coming out of uh, cap three he's sort of leading a sort of new team of avengers of people who you know won't get on board with this registration thing and you know that are you know on the opposite side of iron man mm-hmm. um and look, thor is you know that again that's another very easy way to sort of keep thor off to the wayside is you know, the fuck does he care about government registration? Like, you know, he's going to fuck off back to Asgard. Like, right, what does right, he care, right? right? Um, so it, it seems very uh, uh, easy to sort of, okay, no, so he'd be leading a different team for Avengers 3. Yeah. Um, and then you sort of bring everybody back together for this, you know, a Civil War movie or, or whatever that is. See, I think, I think we're going to get is they're going to kick off the Civil War with, mm. with Ultron. Yeah. Or at least put us in the right place for it. I think they're. I think they're going to be sending us down that road. I think uh, Cap Three is really what's going to. So right. Well, I mean, I think they're going to start us 
yeah. set us off with Ultron. And there were a couple at the of end of Ultron, and then you'll get is Cap three the next thing after Ultron? No, no, not chronologically. I mean, what you, are, uh, what Ultron come, is uh, oh, no, I'm technically. Sorry, I, I forgot about Ant Man. Yeah, Ultron is technically the last uh, movie of Phase, phase two. two. Right. Ant Man will kick off Phase three okay. after that, and then. Uh, I don't know what the order is. I have to, I'd have to look up the order again. But yeah. uh, Phase 3 will have Thor 3, Cap 3, Guardians 2, uh, and Doctor Strange. See, um, what I think we're going to get... At least. We think, might maybe th- more. I think... And we'll see if I turn out to be totally off with this. But here's what I think. I think we're going to get set off in the direction with Ultron. Mm-hmm. And then all of the incremental movie, Well, incremental. Whatever. The yeah. smaller movies in Phase 3 are going to be little bits of the civil war thing playing yeah. out and then avengers 3 is going to be thanos i don't think so you don't think so because because i mean i feel like that would be something to bring everybody back together again i think they're saving thanos for even further down the line um i think that because i think that uh well i mean if you split everybody apart yeah no, I think the idea is certainly to split them apart and bring them back together. I just don't think it's going to happen in Avengers three. Oh, okay. I think I think they're going to come back together after Avengers three in another kind of team up movie, whether they call it Avengers or not. Okay. Um, for well, I feel for like... to bring back things, like I said, I think that's when I say like, oh, they're going to hold off all these all of their marquee characters in Avengers three. Yeah, they bring them, you know, they bring them back later to fight Thanos in like a fourth well, Avengers or a whatever well, you know, I mean, I Infinity like, Gauntlet movie or I whatever. I just feel it like is. what they're gonna do is they're gonna in Guardians two mm. lay the groundwork or more Thanos stuff. Yeah, and, and give him a reason to come back to Earth. Oh sure. And that way when he shows up, you can bring you can have all your terrestrial characters mm-hmm. and Guardians. Well the other side together. to that is um you know there you know these rumors sort of continue to persist that uh that we're going to eventually that we're going to get this planet hulk movie um that uh that hulk may or may not that seems like such a weird idea i mean well, i know that story well, well I, enough. here's the thing i don't think i think it's going to be if it happens i don't think it's going to be its own movie i think it's basically going to get folded into avengers to uh, to guardians 2 i think i think see but the thing I is think, if you're if you're going to do that then you need to do something to get Hulk into space. Well, I, I think that's going to happen in Ultron. Like, either like Hulk in space by himself, or you have to have, you know, Iron Man basically know Guardians somehow. I think I think you gotta Ultron. Get, you gotta get him into space. I think Ultron. I think he is not going to be on the planet Earth by the end of Ultron. I think I think Hulk is going to be sent off planet by some some point in the course of Ultron. Um, which would set him up to encounter the Guardians in space for Guardians 2 and then, you know, have them all end up back on Earth. And that's how you get the Guardians to show up on Earth is, oh, you tie him, bring you tie him them to bringing back Hulk, oh, to okay. bringing back Banner. Well, that makes sense. That, I mean, I, that seems like a logical progression. I mean, me. we know that something's got to go awry yeah. with, with Hulk. Because, Absolutely. Because we know there's supposed to, I mean, we, we all saw the concept. Mm-hmm. We know there's going to be Hulkbuster armor. Yeah. Um, so I mean, Which, I, so I don't know. Maybe, um, well, Hulk would. I mean, well, Banner would certainly fight the idea of registering. I mean, he's been running. Yeah, the exactly. For, uh, yeah, he would definitely years. be on that other side. Um, so yeah, well, you know, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Um, uh, Doctor Strange is the other uh, side of uh, of Marvel there, and you know, 
rumor we, we're still looking the the rumor roulette um for casting of doctor strange can persists um, is it joaquin no no joaquin's de- gone gone oh, he's, he's done out? yeah he's That's totally out he's just weird enough to work i know um Dude, so weird. there was uh talk there were some bullshit rumors of uh, Ethan Hawke that were oh, never no, real. No, 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 not real. That's basically Ethan Hawke kind of looks like Doctor Strange. Like he kind of looks like he has this. He's got the goatee and the mustache, and he physically just sort of resembles him in the comics. Is really all it is. You know who should do it? Who should do it? Scarface. Pacino. Pacino Scarface. Think about Pacino as Doctor Strange. Jesus Christ! Tell me that wouldn't be amazing. Holy fuck! I I don't know <laughs> if amazing is the right word for that. <laughs> Uh, oh, it would be something to be amazed at. Apoplectic might be the right word. Um, there are, I think, I, I think that they want to go, all, all indication seems to be that they want to go for a big name uh, for Doctor Strange. Um, especially enough. if you're looking at um, Downey Jr., Downey Jr. has been sort of the big name, sort of well, yeah. shepherding all Absolutely. of. Absolutely. I mean, now you know Hemsworth and Evans, and you know these guys are all big stars well, now. now. But because are. of Marvel, right. Downey Jr. was really the only. He was sort of the big name that it would headline like an Avengers, right? So right. I think they're looking for that person in Doctor Strange um, I see. I see. to kind of be that big name to help push through the second phase. Um, I mean, certainly the Guardians; those guys are now now kind of set, um, and Paul Rudd is obviously. Paul Rudd, but you know he's also like he's, he's also Paul Rudd. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a comedy star, so he doesn't necessarily not to say that he doesn't connect with the comic book audience, but this is a departure for him, and so it's still it's in a way it still feels kind of like a gamble to go seeing Paul Rudd in a, as a superhero. It's still like it still is, seems kind of tonally weird. So if you, there's a, I'm sure it's going to be great, but they, you know, to, like Paul Giamatti, right? Yeah, well, look, I'm I mean, just saying, I'm just saying, I know you're just saying. Um, so there's a couple of big names they've been thrown around. Um, and when I say big names, I'm talking like, uh, Ewan McGregor, uh, has been thrown around a little bit. Ooh. Um, I don't think we need to any more Star Wars people. Look, I, that's at this point, that's growing unavoidable, um, just by number of Star Wars movies and people involved in them. So, mm. um, Ewan McGregor is a possibility. Uh, I see not like Marvel actually saying, or people saying he's in the discussion, but a lot of people have been, uh, I've seen more than, more than one person in the last week or two pushing for Keanu Reeves, um, particularly coming out of John Wick, which we're going to watch next week, and I'm really fucking excited about it. Um, it's supposed to be awesome. Okay. So I cannot wait. Um, Can we do a double feature with Bill and Ted? Well, I mean, sure. Anytime, sir. Um, Second one. Uh, but then, like I said, we're talking big Station. names. Station! <laughs> the good robot uses. Uh, I love that movie. When I say big names, Ryan Gosling is who I'm talking about. For Doctor Strange? For Doctor Strange. And I don't know if that's... I mean, he maybe. Seems, he seems too young. I don't think he seems... I don't, I'm okay with the age. Um, especially mm. because, you've again, we're, you know, you're looking at seven, six to seven movies. Like, you want to start a little young that's, and roll them out a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, otherwise, you sense. end up with Downey Jr., who's like at his fifth movie, and he's like, hey, guys, I'm 58. I don't know how much longer I want to keep doing this. You know? Is he 58? Oh, yeah, he's in his... You're oh, fine. No, no, he's, he's not 58. I was like, no, but I'm saying, no like, he's, he's getting up there. It's like, he, he's not going to do a million more of these movies because he's not, you know, physically, he can only do so much motion capture and wire work and all this other Harrison stuff, you know? Ford. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, and actually it's interesting, and this is, I think, gonna, 
this will serve as a nice bridge between the Marvel and the DC. Oh, okay. Uh, so Gosling's name was thrown out for, for Doctor Strange. Gosling was sort of reported as having taken two sets of meetings. One was Doctor Strange. Yeah. And the other was over at Warner Brothers for Suicide Squad. Oh, which leads Lord. us in, in into the DC news. Okay, so I don't know what's going on with DC. Okay, well, allow somehow, me to elucidate. I, I missed these. So, um, so uh, aside well, aside from female Robin, yeah. Which so, I did well, hear about. we'll see. Um, DC announced, you know, a while back they said, "Hey, we're we're staking claims to you know X no, two movies a year for these five years. Like, mm-hmm. These are all the dates mm-hmm. of the movies that we're going to put out." But they hadn't they didn't have any titles. They've attached titles. To all of those movies. Okay. So this is the slate they're looking at. Twenty sixteen. Yep. uh, Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice. When? What is the date for that? Uh, It's. Oh, they moved it. uh, I think it's. Well, they they ran. They ran away from Cap Three. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's. Good choice. I don't remember. I don't remember which way they went with it. I think it's early. I think it's like early summer now. Okay. Um, anyway, so, so mostly early summer. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice will kick this off in 2016. So again, we're 2016. We're talking about still basically way up, a man. little more than 18 months away now. Yeah. Um, that's filming as we speak. After that will be Suicide Squad. Okay. Um, Suicide Squad is basically like the Dirty Dozen with supervillains. It's a group of supervillains who work for Amanda Waller, work for the government government agency, to basically go on suicide missions. They they to, to do the shit that is too dangerous, that you know, too much collateral damage, and so it, and the idea is they were they they take them out of prison. They say if you go yeah. on this mission and you you know accomplish this mission um, and you somehow manage to survive, we'll give you amnesty. You you can walk away a free man essentially. Okay. So it's been kind of a bridge in some cases to sort of reform some super villains uh, when some of the villains turn good and this is sort of how that happens I don't sometimes. No, if they have enough villains to do that. Well, no, but this is the thing. Like, it's actually in a way kind of smart because, again, since they're kind of going to spin everything out of Justice League as opposed to what Marvel did was let's establish a bunch of characters and bring them together, together for Avengers, they're basically going to yeah. introduce everybody at first and then spin them all out. They can do kind of the same thing here where they just sort of throw a bunch of villains together and then you sort of spin it out into, oh, this is how they're related to everybody. Um, because again, we're talking about, um, as we will find out with, uh, with uh, Batman versus, with Dawn of Justice. Thank you. Is that, yeah, thank you. Um, in this in this world, even though Superman is a new arrival, we literally, like, you know, Man of Steel is all about him showing up on earth and deciding to make his presence known yeah uh batman is supposed to be to have been operating for years like in this universe just he's never been you know spotted on the news or anything he's like kind of a rumor but he's been he's been going for a long time and i think wonder woman's supposed to be in the same boat that seat those both seem rickety (laughs) i mean well i mean for one thing batman as much as he lurks in the shadows you become a legend by beating the shit out of yeah. people and driving an enormous car around Detroit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's the thing. It's like one of those, it's like Bigfoot, like blurry images of this car or of this guy. Lots of rumors of, of like, you know, criminals saying, oh, I got attacked by a guy in a bat suit or whatever, but he's not working with the police. He's not like, the, the cops don't, you know, interact with him on a regular basis. I don't know if there's a bat, there may not be a bat symbol, there's you no know. Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, exactly. It's just sort of, he's just been a guy operating in the shadows and, you know whether it's think of it like uh like the very beginning of burton's batman where he's been operating for a while nobody takes robert world seriously well that's his fault well yeah i know it's robert world so yeah. um 
So anyway, so they we're gonna say get... he can't be killed. They say <laughs> he drinks blood. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, Knox. You're, you're... That was his name, Knox. Yeah, he's like, you're a journalist, you asshole. <laughs> if you say everything like this, they're gonna put you on Sesame Street. <laughs> so, uh, so what's he pulling down after taxes? <laughs> after, like, after taxes. Like, I mean, Jesus. Uh, so we get uh, Dawn of Justice, and then we go right into Suicide Squad. And again, we're not looking at. For Suicide Squad, you know, this isn't Lex Luthor and the Joker. and Like, this is not necessarily the A-level villains. This is, like, Harley Quinn is probably, is, is like, a big one. Like, we will probably see Harley Quinn. Um, okay. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so that's 2016. 2017. Also, wait, hold no, on. Go ahead. Because the idea that Wonder Woman mm-hmm. is operating in the shadows, that doesn't work. Batman, I can... Okay, I'll suspend my disbelief. But Wonder Woman? Yeah, well, and again, it, and it's going to depend on sort of how they roll out her backstory. They have said uh, this past week, so there are sort of two major origin stories for Wonder Woman. She has a magic lasso. She's not operating in the shadows. Well, no, she's not necessarily operating in the shadows. Especially but... Gal Gadot. Well, look. Um, they're... People would notice Gal Gadot running around in a Wonder Woman outfit. Yes. I'm just saying. Well, I'm not saying, and I don't know about she does her does the internet exist in this universe because like <laughs> wonder woman may not be an operating in the shadows kind of thing it's just that she's been around for a bit um flying around in her invisible airplane well i don't think we're gonna get the invisible airplane um there there are two sort of main origin stories for wonder woman uh one of them there's sort of the the really pulpy one and the more by the book one guess which one we're getting um, the pulpier one is that all of the Amazon women yep. uh, are all the souls of murdered women. Um, what? Yeah. Th- 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 this was like that all of the – the Amazons were created by uh, taking the souls of murdered women and like you know, putting them into these like war- – turning them into these like warrior princesses. It was this race of warriors based on the souls of, of murdered women. I feel like the number of ways to really, really fuck that up. Well, they're not going to do that. Um, well, thank God. The the wonder what makes Wonder Woman special is uh, her mother uh, Hippolyta is uh, supposed to be a, like the first murdered woman who was murdered with uh, who was murdered while pregnant, and so they take the soul of the pregnant fetus of, of the of the fetus and they actually give that to they turn her into Diana into into Wonder Woman. So Blade a little bit, yeah. She's the Daywalker of Greek myth. Um, but I don't... All of that sounds not... Mm. I mean, I think it's actually kind of... Like, it's certainly ballsy. Like, you can't... Yeah, no, it's certainly ballsy. It's also... Like, that is just a minefield. Well, of... it seems like one of those things that, again, because of their strategy of, hey, we've got to throw... We're throwing all these characters at you at once, and then we'll figure out who they are. We'll explain who they are after the fact. Oh like, God. that's probably a little... That's probably a bridge too far. You know, they, yeah. so instead they're going with the simpler backstory, which is, you know, basically she's a demigod. Zeus fucked a human and then she's, you know, and they produced Wonder Woman. They produced Diana. So she's half human, half Greek god, basically. Goddess. Which is, like I said, it's just it's just simpler. It's just uh, streamlined. It's just like, yeah, okay, people can get okay, on board. Okay, they're on board okay, with Thor. Okay. They can get on board no, with no, this. No, 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 no. But see, but Thor is a totally different thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because, because, like... The reason why Thor manages to work is because it doesn't raise any weird existential questions about gods. Because it's, he's from another fucking... He's not a god. He's an alien. 
Yeah, but he is still the the you know the person of Norse mythology, though. Right. Right. But that's all explainable. Yeah. By the different lifespans and the superpowers. Well, exactly, blah, 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 and blah, blah, that'll blah. be the. In- but but like he has a very clear origin that is correct, understandable. Right. They very much explained. Hey, yeah, you call it magic, we call it science. It's all kind of the same thing. Yeah. All right. I'll be, no, but that's the thing. I'll be curious to see where how they and, I mean, how DC decides to handle that exact same problem yeah. because just like in the Marvel universe, yeah, um, you know, there's like uh, sort of super powered beings and you know aliens, and then there's magic. Like magic is a right, whole different right. thing. Well, but in Marvel, the thing is like the whole thing about the, the first Thor movies. They spend quite a great deal of time and energy saying that the science of it is this yeah. and the myth of it is this and it's actually the same thing explained two different right. ways and it works well enough right well, well enough exactly by having a main character who is a scientist mm-hmm. believable or not and a main <laughs> character who is a you know god person person yeah believable or not sure either way they resolve the differences. Right. But now, I mean, but like Marvel's going to... Not that I loved that movie. But... That's fine. Marvel's going to tackle that same problem presently, though, with Strange, with Doctor Strange. Because Doctor Strange is, like, he, he is a sorcerer. Like, that is... He, he works magic. There's no, like, mitigating that. There's no, like, double talking around it. He is a master magician. That is what, is what he does. Um, wow. So that is, you know, that is the thing that is interesting about Doctor Strange. It is Marvel introducing magic without trying to explain it away as science we don't understand yet. So I'll be curious to see how, you know, not only how Marvel handles that, but now how DC is going to handle the same thing. Because they've got magic characters in their universe as well, and where they sort of draw the distinction. Is Diana, you know, are the Greek gods of Diana's parentage, are they alien beings that we just you know interpreted as gods when we were primitive or is it literally magic you know where do they sort of drop her in that spectrum will be very interesting i guess we'll see um and she's next on the docket so wonder woman comes uh, 2017 she she at least gets her own movie she gets her own movie which is doubly interesting because as of right now she will uh dc will be doing a standalone female superhero movie before marvel does as currently scheduled. And I don't think Marvel... I mean, they could suddenly announce, hey, we're doing another one. Like, 2017. We've got... There's time there. Um, But it doesn't look like Marvel has any slots in their schedule in which they could suddenly insert a female movie. So... Um, So I think that's very interesting. I wonder who they they would choose... I mean, if... I wonder who they would choose if they did. Marvel? Yeah. Captain Marvel, I think, is what would be... I think... We expect that Carol Danvers is going to show up in Avengers Soon, 2 she as a cameo. And I think Captain Marvel is probably the first standalone female character that we'll see them do. Mm. So, um, But at this rate, I don't, think they'll, I don't think they'll beat Wonder Woman. So mm. that's surprising to me. Um, I yeah, also, I mean, actually it is. Suicide Squad is also surprising to me. But, um, but what, you know, them getting to the female superhero punchline first, especially because they have tried to do a Wonder Woman movie many, many times many times Um, and they have just they've never been able to settle on a script that they like they brought in you know 15 different directors and everybody Mm. comes in and then they walk away three months later it's ridiculous Mm. so um, and then after Wonder Woman comes Justice League comes our first Justice League and they're actually going to call it Justice League well who knows what the subtitle will be but it will be Justice League Evil Um, Justice yeah perhaps Um, Autumn of Justice (laughs) I know what you did last last fall I know what you did last Justice um, Zack Snyder's going to be directing Justice League, just yeah, like he did. It's too, too no. 
I'm, you, I'm over Zack Snyder. You want to see what you want to going to make you even more angry? Uh, he's going to do Justice League 1 and Justice League 2. He's going to film them back to back. So you're going to get a whole lot of Zack Snyder in the coming years. I mean, am I the only one who doesn't have a ton of faith in Zack Snyder anymore? I am fine with Zack Snyder. I don't think... I think all of the problems with Man of Steel lie in the script. I think he shoots a hell of a movie. I think he knows how to stage an action scene. Like, those... Which is not to say he's blameless for the problems of Man of Steel, but I think Man of Steel gets a lot of things really right, and I think that the things that they, that it gets right are 100% Snyder's doing. Um, you know, that, that last battle scene in Downtown Metropolis is phenomenal. Now, like, your moral quandaries gotta, with, like, the I fact gotta, that they level half the city and that Superman is responsible for the deaths of millions of people, probably. Yeah. Like, that notwithstanding, but simply the staging of that action is phenomenal after watch, i mean i have only seen it the one time oh yeah but. give it another look like i think i mean and again not to say he's blameless like he's a director he should be able to you know there's a point where he goes hey you know look maybe superman shouldn't be you know wantonly destroying innocent civilian buildings well, left no, right and there's, center there's no maybe about it yeah no exactly but i mean i think i think he his ability to stage action scenes and he shoots beautiful fucking movies his his uh his Manipulation of visuals is just... I love it. I love it. So what you're trying to tell me is that in your head, Man of Steel is not unlike Prometheus? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Prometheus is a it's movie beautiful. I love to watch. It's, and it's, No, it's a movie you love to look at. Yeah, it's a movie, that's, that's good. It's a movie I love to look at. I perhaps uh, shake my head while listening, but I love to look at that movie. I love to look at Man of Steel. I think it's great. I mean, I also love to look at Superman Returns, but uh, that's just because I love the Donner like world. I need to see that one again. Too. Um, that one's been a long time. Yeah, off. maybe we should watch all the Superman movies. Oh, look again, anytime, sir. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think I'm I'm okay with him again. And if nothing else, he's doing Super, uh, Dawn of Justice, so you know it's th- keeping his sort of palette through all the next couple of movies. Mm. You know, that makes sense. Just the same way. It's like, okay, Whedon doing uh, Avengers and Avengers 2. Yeah, um, but so w- keeping Snyder as like the guy who does the big movies. Yeah, but Whedon is a better director than Snyder. I don't know about that. He's I think a- Whedon's a better writer than Snyder. Okay. I think Whedon's a better right. writer. Fine, fine. I'll do you one better. Without drawing the distinction. Sure. Whedon's movies are better than Snyder's movies. Come on. You can't. I don't know. No, that's a tough. Yeah. That's a tough distinction to draw because daily, 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 daily. Which ones do you like better? No, no. But here's here's why I think it's a tough distinction to Which draw. Which ones do you like better? The source material. I think it's no, a wash. No, no, no. I don't even think that. It's actually. You know what? I think Snyder has better source material. Joss Whedon has only made. Well, he's made three movies. Uh, he's made Serenity, and he's made uh, Avengers, and he's made uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, is that that that's his Shakespeare movie? So I mean, he's really only made three movies. I don't. My so my point is, Snyder's made a lot more movies, and so his okay. his ratio is perhaps a little. You know, he's made, he's had more opportunities to fuck up, and he's you know look. He's also had more opportunities to shine. True, but I'm, my point is that like Joss Whedon has made three movies. Two it's, of them are amazing. It's you know, like, it's like batting. 
Yeah, I guess. But yeah. but that's exactly my point. When you when you literally take three at bats and you get two base hits. Oh my god, look at that! You're hitting six hundred. That's fantastic. If you're you know, you make nine movies and, you know, four of them are hits. Like, hey, you still got the same number of hits. You just fucked up more times, you know? <sighs> Granted, I just said two and four is the same. But six out of four, two out of three, it's, you know. Six out of four. Yeah, six <laughs> out of four. Yeah, that's right. I'm yeah, going to go six yeah. out of four. Okay. Yeah, four to six, two out of three. I mean, it's like the ratio is the same, but the then you have more examples to go, huh, that one was terrible, though. So I think Snyder has more examples of bad movies, but I think his good movies are... You know, just as good. They have certainly elicited a different feeling because Whedon's writing is better. Well, I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, no. I, look, I agree. Anyway. Um, so... The point... My, my, I'm splitting hairs here. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with Zack Snyder. I'm just tired of DC being so fucking dour all the time. Yeah. Like, lighten up, Francis. I don't, <laughs> I don't think uh, I would... You look, I, I don't think that's going anywhere. Okay, hold on. Just do this for me. Yeah. Just read me the list of the movies with the dates. We're not going to say anything. Okay, yeah. I'll continue. To, I'll, just, yeah, let me go through the rest of the list. Just do them all. Just do um, them all again. All right, so 2016, uh, Dawn of Justice and Suicide Squad. Okay. 2017, Wonder Woman and Justice League. Okay. 2018, The Flash and Aquaman. 2019, yeah. Shazam and Justice League 2. 2020, My God. Cyborg and Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Green fucking Lantern. Hmm. Um, so some of these are characters that people... Like Shazam. Like, there's never been a Shazam movie. He's never been adapted in any meaningful way on television or on film. Cyborg well, is the same way. And they've cast this guy, Ray Fisher, I think is his name. He's like a British TV guy. Like, he has no presence in the U.S. So he's going to appear well, in Batman good, versus that's Superman. Pro- yeah. But he is like... Like that's this is going to be his shot basically. So they're banking on him making an impression over three Justice League movies enough so that by you know six years from now that he will get his own movie and people will show up for it. Um, and again, that's also interesting because Cyborg uh, that would make uh, unless again unless uh, Marvel makes some big announcement and 2020 is plenty of time so they could ter- certainly change this around. But as yeah. of right now, DC is the first one to uh, schedule a superhero film with a black protagonist so marvel could by the way could do a black panther movie where in holy hell is black panther because black panther is awesome i know and i think that there are scenes in uh age of ultron that take place in wakanda oh really yeah so i suppose it's conceivable we could get a black panther cameo of some kind maybe not as black panther maybe just like the prince as t'challa yeah exactly Mm. um but i mean that character is awesome yeah, exactly. I mean, they'd have to throw out a big name for it, though, is the thing. You know, like, I, I feel like they're going to they're gonna go with a big name for it, uh, especially, again, as a first black protagonist, like, superhero, I feel like they're not going to go... I mean, they could go with an unknown. They're, I, I w- actually kind of would hope they would go with an unknown. I would love uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman. I think he's really good. He was the guy who played... Uh, uh, Jackie Robinson in 42. Oh, with, right. Uh, Harrison yeah, yeah, Ford. Yeah. Um, I think he's really, really good. Um, and he just did the James Brown movie, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I think he'd be great. Um, but there's, there's a lot of young guys like that that I think would be, I think would be excellent. So, mm. um, but, and, and, you know, you could, you know, those feel like guys that you could do a sneaky cameo. You could have Chadwick Boseman show up, you know, in a Panther 
you know, cloak or loincloth or something in, in... I'm pretty sure he w- doesn't have either of those things. I don't... No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> as just T'Challa, like, he could just show up in, yeah. in Avengers 2 and, you know, you could sneak that in so people don't know what's happening until their movie comes out. Whereas, like, you know, you put in Jamie Foxx and everybody knows he's in that movie. Like, you know, you don't, there's no being secretive about that, is yeah. my point. Well, Jamie Foxx. Well, yeah. Um... So uh, the some of these guys are going to get introduced in earlier movies, though. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think like like this like Cyborg uh, Shazam. I don't. Know, I feel like Shazam's going to be his own thing. Uh, we don't know who Shazam is. We know the Rock is going to play the villain, uh, Black Adam, mm-hmm. um, but we don't know who's going to play Shazam. Um, but uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Cyborg. I think Aquaman is supposed to have a cameo a small role in batman versus superman um Mm -hmm. i think it's like the the world engine from man of steel that big thing that was fucking up the ocean yeah yeah the The, the, uh destroy the world with the power of Of christopher nolan sound effects no 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 (laughs) with with the power of uh dubstep yes (laughs) exactly um it uh i think there's like i think they might even sort of revisit that um what i don't remember what happened to the world engine superman blew it up he, he had to fly directly up the energy beam, as is happens in every movie. Hey, boys. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was the, yeah, it was that moment. Um, it was the biplane moment of, uh, of Man of Steel. Um, and so, but I think that they're going to show that that world engine, where it was, was fucking up Atlantis. So, like, Atlantis is going to get all, de- they'll show Atlantis having been all destroyed because first the world engine. To, first, they have to... <laughs> Establish Atlantis. Establish Atlantis. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they're just. I think. I think he's just going to show up in this movie and be like, "Hey, "Hey, remember that thing you you did did earlier? That that fucked up my whole world, man." So, um, we'll see. Um, And then uh, the Flash is also interesting because now the Flash is happening on television right now. Right. Is it? But it's going to be a different Flash. It's going to be a different Flash, different actor. Uh, Ezra Miller is going to be playing the Flash. Who is Ezra Miller? Ezra Miller is wonderful. Um, The two movies everyone's going to point to when it comes to Ezra Miller are uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin, which is Tilda Swinton. Oh, uh, that's why. I hate Tilda Swinton. Really? I love Tilda Swinton. I just can't fucking stand Tilda Swinton. Oh, my God. I don't know why. She's wonderful. I respect her. I think she's a good actress. I just don't like her, and I don't know why. You, this movie like might not help that 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 stance. Um, she plays like a mother her. who is convinced that her son is like evil, and he does like a horrible thing, and like everyone blames her. Like you're her, you're you're the mother. Like how could you raise that child and not know he was fucked up? Um, it's really good though. It's really fucking good. The other movie is Perks of Being a Wallflower, which I also have not seen yet. Is very good. Is I, very very good, and okay. he's in it, and he's one of the Hold three on, he's, leads. He's going to be the Flash. Yeah, he's very young. He's a little gangly. I like him being younger. I'm enjoying the Flash TV show. Um, what I, but it's very much the Flash. It's like three episodes in, and it's very much the Flash origin story. Mm-hmm. So he's just sort of getting used to his powers and figuring himself out. And in the show, he's very much like a nerdy guy. Like he's kind of a shy, quiet guy who's a he's like a CSI uh, crime scene guy, so he works with the cops. Um, which I, I'm pretty sure that's canon. I'm pretty sure that's Barry Allen canon or, or certain iterations of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but he's like, oh, he likes a girl and he can't tell her, and so what's and and he's very unsure of his abilities, you know. And so what's missing is I always think of the Flash kind of like Spider Man in that he's really 
like wisecracking and he's super confident and you he's know the flash. yeah I mean, exactly he's I flashy like, you I mean, know I feel like the flash is dc's one real chance to make a fun movie a little bit yeah i mean that's why ryan reynolds was attached to the flash for a long time too because it's that i know look dc get your shit together every time you have a fun character it doesn't have to, <laughs> to be, be ryan, ryan reynolds. reynolds i know um so so uh the i like the idea of him being sort of a young brash kind of like overconfident like hothead guy um see, as opposed to everyone else see, who can be a little like, older more considered you I know i question whether Zack snyder could make a fun movie well, he's not going to be doing the Flash. I know. I'm just saying. Like this, this is my my problem yeah. with Zack Snyder's. I just don't know whether he can make a fun movie. In the same way, I'm not entirely sure that Joss Whedon could make a super serious movie. But the thing is that these are comic book movies. These are superhero movies. They don't need to be super serious all the time. Yeah, I mean, DC's certainly going for a thing in which their characters are godlike. They're bigger than life. They're mythic. They're they're epic. Um, and that's fine, I mean, in that it is distinct and it is a clear separation from Marvel. But that might not necessarily work for every character. Like, right. that's what we're waiting to see. We've well, only I mean, really gotten the one character. And this is why I feel like it might be a bit of a rush to judgment. I mean, certainly, like I said, Snyder's going to be doing, you know, four of these movies, you I, know. I just... But, you know, we could see them pick really dramatically different people for Wonder Woman and The Flash and Shazam. Like, these other characters could end up feeling, like, tonally really different in their own movies. We just don't know who's going to be making those movies. So right now, all we have is Snyder and Man of Steel to go, yeah, look, I don't know if I want to see ten movies of this, you know? I think the strength of Batman has always come from the fact that he does not have superpowers he is a regular guy yeah, yeah he's real smart real strong real well trained whatever but he's a regular human yeah which has always made him a little bit more accessible mm -hmm. to everybody sure than and it should bear note that there is no uh batman movie on this list nor is there another man of steel movie on this list which, we will see them in justice league movies certainly but they do not have their own standalone movies until past 2020 i just don't know what i don't I'm I'm worried that they're not going to find a place in the DC universe for the common person. For like, yeah, just for a regular. I mean, like if you look at even Marvel's superheroes, mm -hmm. their main conflicts that are more interesting is it's not the superpower conflicts that they tend to have. Yeah, it's the way they struggle with things that everybody struggles with. Well, I was gonna say, I mean, look you at look Captain at, America. Well, okay, I was gonna say, look at Iron Man, well, who is I mean, who's Iron a regular guy in a suit, and majority of the Iron Man movies do not involve him in the suit flying around yeah, doing I mean, stuff. I mean, he's, he's barely in the he, suit. He for says he's a certain a, degree. He's a man in a can. Yeah, and I mean, for Captain America, yeah, he has all these superpowers, but the things that he really struggles with are the same things that everybody struggles with betrayal and lost friendship mm -hmm. and truth and it's yeah that stuff is all very accessible absolutely superman this is one of the reasons why i never really could get behind superman oh yeah he never struggles with that shit all of his all of superman's things have always been oh someone really big is here i have to shoot him with my eyeballs <laughs> you know what i mean i mean batman struggles with things because he's a regular guy sure i don't know well, Wonder, and, and Wonder, Wonder Woman also seems to... Yeah, demigod, certainly different. But, I mean, and that's the thing that'll be interesting because, you know, in, in Man of Steel, we didn't get a lot of... It was 
we didn't get a lot of the separation between yeah. Yeah. because really Clark Kent isn't really even it, much he, of a character in that movie. Not at all. It's really it's Kal-El and Superman and Clark Kent shows up in the last seven seconds. Yeah. So we didn't get those like distinct personas. We got a man searching for who he is and where he comes from and reconciling his past and his present and his future mm-hmm. and what he's supposed to do with his life. Um, and then, you know, him putting on a big a cape and a suit and, you know, blowing up and punching people through buildings, you know. Yeah. Um, so that'll it'll be cur- interesting to see how that element of it progresses because that's where his human struggle comes right. from. Right, and I mean, like... Is I, his trying to... Right. Not even the necessarily, like, the Clark Kent versus Superman thing, but him trying to... Be Clark Kent. Him try, yeah, him trying to have a normal life right. in through the guise of Clark Kent. And I mean, you know? I, I appreciate that they tried to tackle it with Kevin Costner, mm-hmm. who did a fine job. I gotta yeah. give it to him. No, he really great. did. And I, like, to me, that was the most interesting part. Yeah. But I felt like the way that they had Cavill deal with it got really weird yeah. and just unnatural at points. I mean, there was no reason why Kevin Costner needed to die in that movie. No, no, none whatsoever. Especially I think it's... considering the other things that had happened prior. Yeah, and in it fact... totally out of character the... for Kevin Costner, or for Kal-El to let Kevin Costner die. Exactly, and in fact, you know, everybody complains about the end of that movie, about... No, it's you the know, middle. Him... Yeah, I think the most troubling thing is him allowing his father to die. Like, that's the thing that bothers me almost more than him inadvertently, you know... Uh, allowing the deaths of all these people in Metropolis yeah. because I'm almost to a certain degree willing to chalk that up to like it's literally the first time he's had to fight anyone and he you know he doesn't know how to do it yeah he doesn't know right. what he's doing exactly as opposed to like in that instance where it's like why did you ever let your father run towards a hurricane in the first right. place like you're indestructible you send your dad to sit under the overpass while I'll, you go rescue I'll the dog I'll go get the fucking yeah, dog right. because if I mean, you like, get crushed in a car like it's not like there's somebody standing two feet away like right. you can just say oh I fell underneath the car and I got pinned underneath or, and it was fine or, you know I like, don't know how I survived yeah, it's a exactly, miracle exactly right. and it just felt weird yeah no uh, that, I mean, I, like, that bothers me more than the fucking end of the movie I mean like if he had died medically yeah like fine that's fine that's why he should die. He's supposed to, because that's the most important part about yeah. the death of Pa Kent is that he dies of a heart attack. He dies of something that Superman can't prevent and can't control. Right. His death in Man of Steel is one thousand percent preventable. Yeah. Which is why it bothers me so much because yeah. it's that's supposed to be a moment in which Clark Kent learns there are some things that I can't I can't stop. There are some things that I can't do anything about, yes. and so. That makes it all the more important for him to act whenever he possibly can. See, that's you know? what, this, is, this is exactly what I mean, is that in this new Superman universe, this, the DCU, mm-hmm. we, there is no moment when Superman has to struggle with futility, yeah. with helplessness, yeah. with what it is to be human. Doesn't have that moment ever, mm-hmm. but at the same time, again, like while I have trouble with that scene written on the page, that scene is beautifully staged like the back and forth between the two of them and the way that Costner just sort of he doesn't you don't see him get thrown up into the air he just sort of disappears into the gray I mean it's gorgeous it's a great heartbreaking scene well here's my thing though it just should never have happened in the first place well okay but this, this is this is my point is that okay Zack Snyder perhaps he is a fantastic cinematographer but if someone had handed him that script which did happen yeah what did he not say 
hey guys, there are some problems with this script. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He, he didn't say no. Yeah, which I think is as big a part of directing, maybe bigger. Yeah. Well, than, I mean, then like this is gorgeous to look at. Yeah. Ridley, no, look, Ridley Scott. That's true. Thank you. Um, now, uh, and, now and anyway, and no, well, so I was gonna say uh, he's gonna be doing. Uh, Justice League 1 and 2, he's going to be filming them back-to-back, but they're going to get released two years apart, which I think is really interesting. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of posts, there's going to be a lot of previous stuff. Is is this a way of keeping actors from aging for a while? I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't think there's... I don't think two... So, the the story that I've heard is that uh, Batman vs. Superman, you know, Lex Luthor, I think, is basically the villain of Batman versus Superman. Yeah. But that there's someone pulling the strings. And it's not Lex Luthor? Someone is pulling Lex Luthor's well, strings? Well, somebody... Not that Luthor's necessarily working for someone, but someone's been manipulating Luthor. That's... Um, I'm okay with it because of uh, who it is. Um, and who I'll is say it? it to you, although I think I'll we'll bleep it out of the podcast because it's spoilery. Um, if it's true. It's... <laughs> So he will be the villain of Justice League, of the first Justice League movie. He will sort of bring everybody together, which, you know, makes sense because that's a big threat. And then uh, after that... Um, have they said anything about Darkseid? Yes. So they have already said that Darkseid's oh, going to be a big villain. He's what? going to be the Thanos of DC. Well, he is the Thanos of DC. No, exactly. They're the L- same... Literally, fu- yeah. They're the same character. Yeah. So uh, Justice League will have them all battling this one villain. Um, and at the end of the movie, it's sort of like, hey, they've all... They're all... To- and it's, uh, it's Batman, it's Superman, it's Wonder Woman, it's Flash, it's Aquaman, and it's Cyborg. And then at the end of the movie, they sort of you know put him away and like, hey, all right, we beat the bad guy. And then Green Lantern shows up at the very end of the movie and is like, guys, the dark side is coming. Get fucking ready. Um, and he and that will sort of introduce our new Green Lantern at the very end, kind of Nick Fury style, I guess, oh um, leading to Justice League Two. And then the Green Lantern movie will come after that. So, um, so I mean, it's. Look, the one thing everybody's been criticizing DC about for years mm-hmm. is that, you know, Marvel had this extremely long game plan. And now that we're seeing, like, you know, what's happening with Avengers 3 and sort of cycling out these characters and the Civil War thing, like, mm-hmm. it's now becoming clear that it's not even like, oh, yeah, no, they had a plan of which which characters they're going to do. Like, no, 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 they had story arcs. Like, they, they've been playing the long game for ever you know like they had this thing plotted out decades in advance basically mm-hmm. while dc seemed to be like standing around with their dick in their hands like fumbling in the dark for a flashlight you can't accuse dc of that anymore at the very least they have a roadmap they have a game plan they know what they want to do okay well hey listen i'm happy to give them the, the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. um i'm i think it's fairly clear that as it always has been, I'm yeah. totally biased. Well, yeah, because sure. the only DC character I give half a shit about <laughs> is Batman. Um, I never cared that much about Superman. He's just too damn powerful. I love his Superman. Name is, I love Superman. His name is Superman. That's true. We should watch the Superman movies. Superman. I enjoyed the fuck out of them. Well, no, so did I. But I'm just saying that he's always been too powerful. Sure. I mean, he has well, all and the movies. The movies are, especially like the Christopher Reeve movies, are 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 far worse because they just 
makeup powers for him like whenever it's convenient like, i know, oh, no, he, I know. he can control minds he can wipe away memory and then later when they feel like hey it's annoying that they had her that she had her memory wiped they're just like oh by the way i fucking remember all that stuff that you think you made me not remember yeah like they just at the giant cellophane s out of his chest like they just make shit up off the top of their heads in those movies hey I, I love that shit. <laughs> I know. It's look, it's great. I fuck it it's wonderful. It's, it's see the thing is like that's what it's delightfully cheeky. Yeah. It's cheeky. <laughs> Nothing about the Snyderverse is cheeky. That is true. Nothing. That is true. Um I you know I, I mean it doesn't get cheekier than red tidy whities that you wear outside your clothes. Yeah, which is why he doesn't have them in the new movies. Right. Well he should, because it's right? distracting. Exactly. Um They're and... invisible the way they were. <laughs> now I have to look. <laughs> Um, I think the other interesting thing, so we, we mentioned, uh, uh, you know, DC beating Marvel to the punch on a female lead and a black, and a black lead. Yes. Um, you know, by doing Suicide Squad, and very soon, 2016, I mean, like, they got to be gearing up on that movie now. It's a villain team-up movie, and that we're going to get that, likely, before Sony, if this ever happens, gets around to their Sinister Six movie. Sony. Which is another villain team up movie, oh, I you know? Don't care. Yeah. They're taking meetings right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've taken they brought a couple people in, and I think the most interesting are uh, like I said, Ryan Gosling has come in, um, and but he's also gone in for Marvel, so we'll see where that goes. Yep. Um Margot Robbie, uh, who was the the lead, she was DiCaprio's wife oh, in Wolf rem- of Wall Street. Oh, I remember fabulous. Her. Uh, probably she's gone in, we assume, for Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn. Which she'd be a fabulous Harley Quinn, I think. Oh, I mean, picture her like picture her accent from from Wolf of Wall Street with like the hat and the, and the makeup, makeup and stuff. And like, the... yeah, no, that's Mr. Joker. Like, that's exact. I totally buy that. Like, that's and she's oh, yeah, and she's sexy and she's funny and she can totally kick ass. Like, I buy it. Totally. Yeah, yeah, no, I do too. Actually, um, actually I think that's a really good choice. Yeah. Um, the other interesting. Never mind thing that I have is... no idea who any young Hollywood starlets are. Well, yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, no I... idea. I don't know who anybody is anymore. There are two other big names mm. that have come out and uh, like that have not only gone in for meetings but are apparently, you know, really strongly considering it and close to signing. Mm-hmm. And they're both really interesting in their own distinct ways. Mm-hmm. One is Tom Hardy, which is interesting in that he's whoa, already played Bane. Whoa, as whom? Um, so who the characters, cause there have been many members of the Suicide Squad over the years. So, uh, they haven't pinned down exactly which characters would be involved. Well, not um, Bane. No, but, uh, the character I think that people are assuming Hardy would be up for would be Deadshot. Um, oh, Deadshot. Yeah. I actually know He's kind is. of a Suicide Squad mainstay. So. Oh, is he? Yeah. Um, okay. and I totally, you know, as a, you know badass like sniper like yeah i totally buy hardy is that you know like did you ever see the uh with a fucking mechanical eye yeah no did you see those uh that that batman animatrix movie oh no i did not there's a you know what i'm talking about right yeah oh it's it's all right yeah one of them is about deadshot oh yeah yeah um so that's really interesting in that he's already been a DC villain, a major DC villain. So it'd yeah. be interesting to see him come back. I mean, granted, you know, that wouldn't count as part of the same universe, but, um, you know, and obviously you know, he's got the mask in anyway, so he doesn't even, he doesn't even look like Tom Hardy, nor does he sound like Tom Hardy. So, you know, it'd be fine. Even if it was part of the same universe. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Oh, you came back to watch your city die. Remember when he was in Star Trek? He was. He was. He was Romulan Picard clone. Weird. Yeah. Fucking weird. Am I right? Fucking weird, kid. Now the other interesting name. Yep. I think is way more interesting, and to a certain degree, I feel like way less likely. Will Smith as what? There's a character named Black Spider uh, who was like, he, he fought Batman a couple times. I, I gotta Google this. I have yeah, never I, heard I of this Yeah, I checked it up character. earlier because I hadn't heard of him either. He's basically a guy who, um, he's just... He Is he DC ha- Spider-Man? No, no, no. He doesn't have powers. He's just a guy who like wears a costume and he, uh, he kills drug dealers, basically. Um, he, he, he has like a backstory as to why he hates drug dealers, but he basically just goes around and he kills drug dealers and he like wanted to kind of team up with Batman at one point, but like Batman doesn't like the fact that he just fucking straight up murders people. So I think it would be more interesting though. Um, I, I don't think this character has ever been black before, but uh, I feel like this feels like the character Smith would be more likely to play and that's Rick Flagg. Um, who's sort of the military guy in charge of the Suicide Squad. He's sort of the military liaison. Um, you know, Smith has a very this distinct is... persona of the roles that he plays, and they're all, like, he does not play villains. Almost ever. You know? he And he doesn't play, like, far out there shit. I mean, like, he was, they wanted, Tarantino wanted him for Django, and he was supposed to do it, and then he backed out. Like, he hmm. gets t- thrown in for all of these really interesting movies, but he is very aware of his sort of fan base and his public persona, and he doesn't do anything that isn't edgy and that doesn't give him a chance to make like Will Smith jokes, you know? Yeah. So I like I would I would be fascinated if he showed up as like an actual like as a villain, as like a unscrupulous guy, which is why I feel like if he was gonna play anyone, I feel like he'd play Rick Flagg. I feel like he'd play the good guy in charge of all of these maniacs, you know? Um, but I just, but I mean, so that, like, that's going to run afoul of Nick Fury a lot. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. And I think, I feel like Rick Flagg might even have an eye patch in some iterations. Oh, Jesus. Um, I could be, I could be wrong about that. Well, I could I mean, just be picturing Deadshot in my head. Well, I mean, you know who played Nick Fury before Sammy J? The Hasselhoff? The Hasselhoff. The Hasselhoff. That is correct. Um, I mean, they they started redrawing. Yeah. Oh Nick no, yeah. Fury. There, there's been White Fury and Black Fury. There, yeah. that character has been both races for sure. Um, I, you know, I would look. I'd love to see Will Smith in it, and I feel like there is a slight possibility in that he hasn't had a big hit domestically, at least, yeah. in a long time. What about the thing with his kid? No, I mean After Earth, not very good. It was like very kind of well, thinly also, veiled Scientology. Well, it also came off thing. Came, Came yeah. off. It came out yeah. right at the same time as the other one, which is the same. It's Tom Cruise's, which right. is which was probably better. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a better movie. It's still not a great movie, but it's a better movie. Mm. Um, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't had a big hit movie in a while. Men in Black Three. That's probably the last one, and it's again like that movie is not great. It was just much better than the second one. Really, is what it came down to. So the second I, one's not that bad. The second one's pretty bad. It's not that good. Second one's pretty bad. It's not that it's not good. No, it's not good. First one's good. First one's great. Third third one, also pretty good. There's a lot to really like in the third one. Yeah. Uh, Bill Hader plays Andy Warhol. Fabulous. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um okay. so so, you know, it'd be I feel like there might be a sense of like 
he wants, you know, he wants another big, a big hit. He wants another big role to sort of, you know, re-cement his kind of, he is one of the last sort of global superstars. In fact, most of his movies at this rate, at this point, they pull down way more overseas than they do domestically. Weird. Yeah. Because he is, he is a huge star uh, in Asia. He is like a, a fucking Fucking Japan loves Will Smith. Really? I you have no idea. I, oh my! I, God. I do have no idea. It's ridiculous. Okay. Um, so yeah, I feel like he needs. He, he you know, I, I, he might be hungry for something to keep him a little more, you know, relevant. Like he's made movies that have like made money, but like nobody. nobody gives a shit. Yeah, exactly. They they you know they roll right off your back. You know, Hancock, pretty good movie, made some money. Nobody remembers that fucking movie. I you remember know? the movie. I never yeah. saw it though. They don't make an impression on anybody. Nobody's like, oh, I gotta watch that movie. Like Last they, Man on Earth. Yeah, they don't. They don't. What was that? What was that one actually called? Uh, uh, I am Legend. Which again, I like that movie. Most of that movie. Yeah, I like the first two thirds of that movie. Didn't see it. Yeah, like he is always good in a movie. His movies just haven't really taken hold of the culture of, of pop culture in a way in a long time. So mm. this could be an interesting way to do that. I am prepared. To be surprised. Please, DC, surprise me. Mm-hmm. But you got to fucking earn it. Well, so I was just... DC, I'm, I'm kind of... I want, I want to love these movies. I want to... I, I really like all these characters. I want these movies to be great. Um, we'll, I think Batman vs. Superman... They got a lot to lose on this one. Yeah, I mean, look, it's got to be like... If they fumble the ball on Batman vs. Superman... They have a big problem. Yeah. Like, huge problem. A huge problem. So, I mean, that it's all it all lies there. I, I kind of wonder if part of the reason why the Marvel Universe managed to get going is because they were doing it with slightly lesser characters. I mean, think about the first Iron Man movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, Iron Man was not a top tier no, hero. You had to explain all. to most people who Iron Man was in, yeah, when that I, movie came out. Yeah, and I mean, if that had been lousy, would the whole thing it probably wouldn't, yeah wouldn't, wouldn't have happened? Yeah, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Batman. Especially after the Nolans, yeah, because everybody loves the Nolan Batman. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Everybody. Which is, I think, why we're not seeing a Batman movie for the next ten years. Which you know, is a good choice. Yeah, I mean, I'll give him credit for that one. Yeah. That's something you want to leave exactly right where it is. Absolutely, I think it's while. interesting that we're not getting a Superman movie either for a long time. I mean, well, th- he's be- going to be the leader of the Justice League. Well, certainly, that's because but- Man of Steel was shit, man. I mean, come on, but it made a shit ton of money, man. Like I mean, of course people, it did. It's people Superman. had problems it's, with it. Of course it did. It's Superman. But Superman Returns did not. Superman Returns. I mean, it, it did. It made money back, but it Superman wasn't. It didn't make nearly as much money. Superman Returns had no idea what it was. No, Superman Returns knew exactly what it was. Well, it was the it's wrong just that thing. audiences weren't on board with what's what it was. Well, you know? that's a mistake. Yeah, it was doing a thing that audiences were like, "Wait, I have to have." Wait, Richard Donner who? What? Well, I had to go watch those movies? I, if I haven't seen those movies, what's happening? I haven't seen those movie in 17 yeah. years. And moreover, it was like, it's a sequel to the first two movies, but we're pretending the second two movies never happened. It's very weird. It was It was a very, I really thought it was an interesting approach, but it was a very weird approach. Maybe we should watch them again. Maybe yeah. we should put off Terminator. Look, anytime, sir. I, they're phenomenal. Mm. We, we, we'll debate about this for sure. Yeah. There's some other stuff coming out in the next couple of weeks, so that, there's no rush to jump into our, our rewatch, I think. But anyway, the Suicide Squad movie is going to be directed by David Ayer, um, which, who directed... I just watched... Oh! He directed Fury. Sure did. The movie we're going to talk about right now. Wow. So, isn't that <laughs> a lovely bridge? After an hour, 
in 22 minutes exactly yeah. we'll see we'll see how that goes um i mean look i guess i don't have a lot to say about this movie i really liked it i thought it was really yeah very it, very good it made me want to go back and watch old army movies that i have not seen in a really sure really long yeah. time um I, I gotta go back and watch apocalypse now i i would go back mm-hmm. and i would watch Saving Private Ryan? I would. I haven't seen it since it came out. I don't remember anything. Well, I was going to say, you know, I think it's really interesting in that it, in how it differs from movies like Saving Private Ryan. Because I think, you know, war movies are kind of like westerns. Yeah. In that, you know, they kind of have these ebb and flows where it's like somebody makes a good war movie and Mm -hmm. then you end up with like a bunch of war movies for a couple of years that all kind of ape that one movie to a certain degree. Yeah. And then it kind of like, oh, every, it peters out, and then somebody makes another good one, and then you get a bunch more of them. Mm-hmm. Westerns are kind of the same way these sure, days. Sure, absolutely. Um, what I think is interesting is how this movie is really different from movies like Saving Private Ryan, um, where it's, you know, Saving Private Ryan to a certain degree feels like it's trying to show you kind of the whole war. You know? I don't remember. Well, I mean, it is, it's like, it's a man, it's, you know, it's a one squad on a mission, but it's like they're go- going through the whole countryside over the course of weeks and they interact with all these different people. It's a three hour, like epic fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really like about this movie is that it's really tight. It takes place over like one day, literally it all takes place in one day, which it feels weird when you think about it. Wait a minute. Yeah. But it, but it is actually true. Is it one day? Yeah. It all takes place in one, like, 24-hour period. Huh. Um, except for maybe the very opening scene. Yeah. Um, w- before Logan Lerman shows up. Right. Um, which is debatable. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, from the moment Logan Lerman shows up, like, that, that is 24 hours, essentially. That's, that's a single day. Huh. Um, because it's night at the very end conflict. And there's no night before yeah, that. Yeah, it's night very suddenly, too, yeah. as I recall. So, so... <clears throat> So it's 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 one day. It's it's one tank trying to do one mission on one day. And granted, they're with another squadron of tanks. There are plenty of other soldiers around, mm-hmm. but we really only follow these like five guys. Yep. Um, and they've got like one very like singular like concrete objective. Um, and what I love about it is because it's like one day, and it's like guys in a tank. You end up with a couple of really great like battle sequences you yeah, know yeah um where like all the tanks are uh you know that there's like that first sequence when they're all sort of in the line and they take out a bunch right. of guys mm-hmm. and then there's a second one where they face up against the other ta- against a german, the german tank, tank yeah which is fucking great yeah uh, specifically because um it all comes down to like tank driving like they're trying to out they're out driving each other in a circle yeah which is like something you don't think about as like a tank you think of like a tank as basically a giant cannon on wheels with people inside of it yeah but the idea of it actually as a vehicle that you have to maneuver you have to it's like think of it like a plane no. it's like you gotta outfly each other I mean, you know well tank warfare is it's you know what it's like especially in that scene yeah it's a lot like when you watch old naval warfare. Things. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite movies. And I don't know if you've seen this. Maybe we should watch this. You ever seen The Seahawk? Mm-mm. It's an old Errol Flynn movie. Oh, great. Oh, and it, I mean, like, when we were... I don't know why. We had that on VHS <laughs> and, like, the Errol Flynn Robin Hood. Great. And I was just like, man. And I used to watch it all the time. And it's... The whole thing about it was, is, you know, he's he's got his ship... And he, it's real fast, and mm-hmm. wars and whatever, and he outflanks people, and they're all sharpshooters. But oh, cannons. sure, okay. And it's, and it's like, I mean, like they, they, in an opening sequence, they have a little skirmish with a Spanish 
frigate or I don't know. Oh yeah. And they made it they shoot one cannonball and it hits the uh, little flagpole on the Spanish ship. That's it. And they knock it right over like precision. And it's kind of amazing. Yeah, so you have these great battle sequences. Yeah. Um but what makes the movie really good is all the stuff that happens in between the battle sequences. It's like it's almost like a series of little short stories, you know, like yeah. little little vignettes yeah. of wartime. And it's you know, there's uh, you know Brad Pitt making Logan Lerman shoot the the SS officer, mm-hmm. and then there's them coming into the little town square and the thing with the two women yeah. in the scene there, and you know them sort of having this nice little quiet tea time and this little like great little interpersonal relationships like and then and then of course the punchline to that like it's it's those are the things that i think are make this movie really really great yeah i mean i agree i really do um i thought though that it took it a minute it took the movie a minute to establish that kind of sequencing um that rhythm Mm -hmm. Um, because at the at the very beginning i couldn't figure out exactly whether it wanted to be fast, whether it wanted to be slow, whether we supposed to know who people are or whether yeah. like, yeah, I mean, in any, in any movie where they introduce any characters, there's a certain pace yeah. that you, that you expect the makers of the movie to expect you to figure out who they right. are. And normally it's, I think people try to edit so that it feels natural. Mm-hmm. This one, I don't think they did. Um, as in like introducing like the tank crew guys anybody see because I really love that opening scene I think it's like a great introduction to those guys you know before Logan Lerman shows up and yeah. it's just them like in the tank like you you understand even if you don't necessarily know like their backstories whatever like you by the end of that scene you get like the relate you you know you get the relationship between all those guys you know Brad Pitt's in charge and he see, feels responsible see, you get the was... wisecracking Hispanic guy and but, then you get uh, you see, know the, see, the like, crazy mechanic guy see, but I, feel like, I feel like that's part that was part of the problem with that opening scene yeah. is that when you have a sequence like that where there's one person mm-hmm. who is a much bigger star than anybody else yeah okay you feel i mean when i watched that Mm -hmm. i was because it's brad pitt yeah and it's a brad pitt movie it's a brad pitt movie i was thinking they are trying to establish brad pitt okay and you felt like everyone else was there in service of brad pitt basically at that particular moment at the very beginning in in that opening scene yes and i feel like that was one i mean i'm nitpicking Okay. Well, but, okay. Here's the other question I have. Yeah. Now, so we went to a advanced screening of this movie. Uh, we got there an hour early, but we still were like basically the last ones in the theater. So we were sitting Despite in the, our best efforts. Yeah, we were sitting in the very front row of the mm-hmm. theater. Um, it was like watching Captain Phillips again. Yeah. Right. So, so which, by the way, Captain Phillips, not a movie you want to see from the front row. <laughs> no, you'd seasick that way. I did. I believe you. Like a little bit. Um, but like, wait, that was a bad day. But here's my question: is like, so I think in in that when you're that close and you're like looking straight up, and especially it was like it's a big screen, so mm-hmm. it's like you were kind of more in the center, we were kind of more off to the right a little bit, which might have been better actually. I don't think so because it made it Super harder distorted. for us. Yeah, there was there was a much bigger distortion, and there was stuff happening like way over to the left side of the frame. Like I had to like turn my head, and, like yeah. turn back. Yeah. Um, especially like that very opening. There's like a title crawl at the very beginning, and I was it's like, like well, I it was see. like watching a ping pong match. I had to yeah. read the whole thing. It was ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
my point is that anyone who wasn't an immediately recognizable actor, like, oh, that's Brad Pitt. Oh, that's Michael Pena. Yeah. Like, I had trouble... Figuring out who they were? Well, it's not a matter of who they were, but it was like, have I seen that guy before? Is that character... Is that... Do I know... Like, if I don't know who that actor is that's already, fair. it was yeah. like trying to recognize whether or not that that act, that character has been in a scene before or if they're showing up for the first time. That's a fair point. Especially when they're all army soldiers are all wearing the same thing, you know? Yeah, in the same location. Yeah, yeah that's that's a very fair point. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, to a certain degree, I feel like that it, that made it a little harder to follow some of the that's action true. in I mean, some you of the will, characters. You will naturally gravitate to people you recognize. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it helps that I recognize all of those, uh, all I mean, the people I, in that tank I crew. recognize Michael Pena and yeah. Brad Pitt, but yeah. not the other guys. Okay, so, um, well, none of the rec- other guys. You, no, because you recognize Shia LaBeouf. I don't want to talk about Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, I think he's actually pretty good in this movie. I think he's okay. You know, well, I was... Here's what I'll say. Uh, At the very least, I did not spend the whole movie thinking, you're a crazy person who wore a paper bag on your head. I like, did. Oh, I did. Really? <laughs> See, it's Shia LaBeouf, man. Yeah, I guess. I was waiting for him to stutter. No, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, I mean, I thought it was fine. Do you really see Shia LaBeouf? Boof? 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 LaBeouf? 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 LaBeef? Ferme LaBeouf. I mean, do you really see Shia LaBeouf as, as, as a... Well, he's got his little hipster mustache. I mean, I guess so. Everybody in this movie, Brad he's, Pitt he, as a World War II era hipster haircut with his shaved sides and his fine. very floppy top. That's I, oh, I, I can, Shia LaBeouf had the hipster mustache. I can suspend that haircut belief, <laughs> but but the idea of Shia LaBeouf being a Bible belter. <laughs> now, see, I'm, I was okay with that. I was I was totally okay with that, specifically because I don't know what he personally believes, but I don't think it's Jesus. Yeah, probably not. Um, but I but I guess because that was just sort of a like it was basically just a characteristic like it was a yeah. character trait but sure. it wasn't something that like it's not like oh well he's a nuclear physicist so he has like this skill set that we have to believe he can do these things or sort of like oh he's religious it's like okay fine he can be he can be a kind of quiet religious guy i mean i'm going to say i think he did fine yeah i really do think he did yeah, fine i don't think he's amazing i think he is okay he was you know? fine he was fine i had a little trouble Okay, Predator. Okay. Jesse Ventura. Yeah. Jesse the body. Jesse Ventura and uh, Mac. Mm Mm-hmm. They are clearly friends. And, like, you you watch those two characters on screen, and you believe that they are best friends. Mm -hmm. Even if they're very different people, you can totally tell. And so when Jesse Ventura dies and Mac kind of loses it, it has resonance. Sure. In this one, we've got the guy who's sort of a dick. Uh, the mechanic. The mechanic. John Bernthal, who is fucking fabulous. He, okay, see the thing is, he did great, and the reason I know he did great is because I hated him for a while. Right. For, for you to hate a character and not hate the actor, mm-hmm. that's good acting. I don't know what his character's name was, I just, in my head, the whole movie was referring to him as Mad Dog. 
because he is a like a mad dog with a bone. Right. Like that's he's crazy. That that character. Yeah. I know nothing about this actor. Yeah. But that character evoked genuine emotions for me. Mm-hmm. Hated him for a while. I bought it when he said to to Lerman that he was you're a good man and I yeah. believe that but I totally mm-hmm. bought it and it, it evoked different things for me yeah it was good acting you went on a journey with him I did and I, and I bought it and I yeah. get it it makes sense to me Shia just exists on the margin Shia I, like a friendship between like a close friendship between Shia and that character yeah I don't see it yeah it didn't it didn't hit well it I get hit. it I kind of bought it as the like the guys who like they love to give each other shit kind of thing you know um ah I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They d- they didn't look like two guys who had been friends for years. That's true. I just didn't feel it. Yeah, no, and that's. And I that's mean, when fair. people like when people have chemistry on screen, yeah, you can tell. That's fair. If you watch Ghostbusters, chemistry. Yeah. If you watch Evolution, like chemistry, like fucking David Duchovny and Orlando Jones. Yeah. I don't know. Improbably, it great really, chemistry. Fantastic, and yeah. it's just like they look like friends. Yeah. Uh huh. And you can just sort of tell. Yeah. And these guys were just like. You know that every single person in that tank hit Shia LaBeouf at some point. <laughs> like, but I also believe that everybody in that tank would have hit that character, like you know, at some point. That that also, like, I also would. That buy doesn't that. make them yeah, friends. It's true. Um, but uh, yeah, no, John Bernthal is fantastic. He was the best part of Walking Dead for a long time. Oh, um, which I haven't watched. Yeah, he's in the first couple seasons of Walking Dead. Uh, and he's the best character on the show in the time that he's on it. I would gladly um, watch something with that guy in it because he really, I think he did well, a real good job. Yeah, and you know what? Like, really good job. And I walked out of that movie literally thinking, this movie feels like John Bernthal auditioning for Suicide Squad. Like, like now that David Ayer, and, and like, moreover, like, I walked out of that movie, again, we, D, that DC announcement came, I think, the same day that we went to see Fury. Oh, really? I think, I think that happened Wednesday morning, and we went to see the movie Wednesday night, so, yeah. uh, David Ayer will be, he's gonna do Suicide Squad, like, to a certain degree, I totally watched this movie and see how Warner Brothers looked at this and went, oh yeah, this guy, Suicide Squad. I would it's, buy it. It's a small squadron of guys, yeah. some of them are kind of fucked up and shady, and they're, you know, they're going on a mission, and... You know, and you know, like a, a bunch of them are not going to come back, basically. Yeah. Um, but even the characters like Bernthal's character, yeah. who you don't like for most of the movie, you are still kind of attached to. You know, like you you're, you're like still him, in, you're still interested, you're still you, involved. But you, you kind of hate him, but some, you trust something about him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, that's good acting. Exactly, and I would love to see him in a. Su- I think he'd be great in a Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. So I mean, I the, I think. I would love I would love it if David Ayer brought him along to a certain degree. How, um, how good of a job do you think Brad Pitt did? I mean, I think he did. I think he did very good. Um, you know, a lot of his work in this movie is kind of nonverbal. Like it, a lot of it is a lot of his emotional work in this movie. You kind of have to. I don't want to see if you read between the lines, but it's not on the page. What I'll say, it's you know, mm-hmm. um, so it's. You, you really have to, like, if you were watching this movie on TV and you've got your phone and you're doing other stuff, like, it might not make a huge impression on you. Um, in a theater where your attention is really focused, like, I think a lot of his, those quiet moments, that nonverbal stuff, I think that's what makes that character really interesting. Mm. Otherwise, you know, if you've seen Inglorious Bastards, I think to a Which certain I degree. Yet. Oh, really? Not yet. I was, I, yeah. That's interesting to me because I think as, to a certain degree, 
it's not the same character by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, but you know, it kind of you kind of can walk in with like, oh, Brad Pitt, World War Two, and Glorious Bastards, okay, and uh, and you can kind of let this play on that vibe to a certain degree mm-hmm. um, but it's a very different character it's a very different characterization for sure like in every respect yeah um i think he's i think he's very good i think he's not by far i don't think he's the best thing in the movie but i think he's i think he's very very good mm. um logan lerman is wonderful i think he is just great he is such a great journey over the course of the movie i will go with you there yeah and that's like that scene where you know Pitt wants him to execute the ss officer um and he's pleading like kill me kill like like it's either him or you it's either him or you okay fine kill me like yeah like that's a great great scene yeah um and and so is his scene where he throws up at the beginning yeah it's just Mm-hmm. I mean, some of that shit was well, absolutely sickening. Anyway, I was gonna right? say there's some really awesome gore and stuff in this movie yeah. too. Yeah. Like when he has to go in and clean the tank, and the guy's face is just sitting on the floor. The guy, like the dead guy's face is on the floor of the tank. That is some fucked up shit, man. Yeah, that that's the stuff of nightmares. Yeah, and it just the, and that's the thing that I think is really. Great. I mean, I would absolutely throw up. Absolutely. Or or uh, okay, so there's the other guy. Who and like again, this is one of those like moments for me where I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I, the at the beginning before when they first like set off on the mission, they have that young kid who's like their commander, yeah, um, who gives them their orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is an actor named Xavier Samuel, okay. who uh, was in the third Twilight movie. Um, Why do you know that? Because when I was in LA, I worked for his agent. Um, and when I started working for his agent as his assistant, uh, he had just gotten him on that Twilight movie. Oh. Like he had just booked the role like a week before I started. Oh. And so, um, so I, like I, I've talked to that guy many times. He's super nice, super good kid. Yeah. Um, but it was like, oh, he's going to be, he's an Australian actor. And it was like, oh, he's going to be in the Twilight movie. It was a big part in that movie. So it was like, oh, this is like his big American yeah. debut kind yep. of thing. Yep. Um, he did a Roland Emmerich Shakespeare movie, and like that was—he hasn't really done much since then. He did a—he did a movie with Robin Wright, actually, and Naomi Watts. It was supposed to be really good that oh, I didn't see. Oh, Robin Wright. Um, I think he—he he seduces one of them. I forget which one. One of them is his mother, and the other is his mother's friend, and he seduces the mother's friend. I don't remember which one is which, though. Um, All right, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, I know. Um, but he's got a great little bit too, um, where you know he's sort of this really young kind of snotty commander and then and then he gets he's in the tank which gets blown up he gets set on fire and he shoots himself in the head that's fucking like again that's one of those like nightmare scenarios it's like that is your fault yeah that is your fault yeah exactly do you do you burn to death or do you fucking shoot yourself like in a way that's like you know i'm sure those guys would look at as sort of a cowardly way to go out but I think also I, like do you who wants to burn to death like I think, I think I would try to roll yeah I don't know mm. it's a tough call man I mean you're probably you're probably gone and even if you survive like you're you're you're, you're, a, you're a crisp you know it's like Jesus um, so yeah I mean that that's kind of cowardly but also not like mm. I, to a certain degree I mean walking dead like it's like being bitten by the zombie. It's like, no, shoot me. Like, if I'm gonna, if I'm being overrun by zombies, fucking shoot me. Because either they're going to tear me to shreds, or I'm just going to become a zombie. And either way, that's no good for me. 
you know, <laughs> yeah. like fucking just shoot me. Game over, man. Yeah, exactly. Game over. Game over. Yeah. So, oh, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do I have here? He should be Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. Bill Paxton as Commissioner Gordon? Hell yeah. Okay. Think that'd about that. No, seriously. That'd be fine with me. He played a pretty big role on uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the first season. I know. Doesn't mean he wouldn't be good Commissioner know, Gordon. Right? I'm just saying. I like the bit when they're going into that last battle. Yeah. Um, and uh, they pass around the bottle. And he like reaches around like no one has to say anything, yeah. but it's like stashed like all the way behind the gears or whatever. So he pulls it out and like clearly that's like a really nice bottle of whiskey or whatever yeah. it is. Like it's the special bottle. Yep. And it's like it's you, the we're going. Yeah, they say exactly. And it's like you don't they don't need to say anything. Like that's just that it does everything for you. It's a I love, beautiful little moment. I love shit like that. Yeah. Um. Uh. And like I said, and those those battle sequences are really great. Um, yeah. And like I said at the I very beginning, say, I thought they were well, well yeah, staged. They're really well they staged. Were, yeah. And like I said at the very beginning, you know, they have that thing with the tracer rounds. So it's like they say, oh, every fifth round, which is historically accurate, I guess. Mm. But there's that, it's kind of like the exposition dump. Like somebody literally just says, all right, now remember, every fifth round is a tracer bullet so you can see where you're shooting. It's like that feels like somebody found that historical factoid and then like. I need to write that into the script so that people know what's going on. Huzzah, yeah. Wiki, Wiki, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but what makes it really cool is, you know, like I said earlier, the they're so they're they're the tracer bullets. They look like laser beams flying through the sky, yeah. and the tracer bullets are different colors for the different sides. So the Americans shoot red ones and the Nazis shoot blue ones. It's like Dino Riders. Yeah, it, it's like it reminded me of the G.I. Joe cartoons where they all shoot lasers. It's like the good guys shoot one color and the bad guys shoot another. And that's how yeah. you know which one they're shooting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was it makes it feel like kind of modern and futuristic while also being like, no, no, really, I swear to God, this is historically accurate. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, I'm really I'm really enjoying uh, on Cinemax um, their show The Nick. Uh, which is about uh, Clive Owens, like the head surgeon oh, in the Knickerbocker yeah, yeah, yeah. Hospital yeah, in like yeah, the early yeah, yeah. 1900s, um, and it's really cool because it's a period piece and it's all shot like like you know you know to the period, but all the music is modern music. Um, oh, it's like think of it like like uh, uh, that movie that I'm thinking of with DiCaprio and the thing. Oh, uh, uh, Gatsby. Yes, Gatsby. Yeah, but it's not like hip hop music. I mean, it was hip hop. There's no lyrics. There's no like, you know, Jay Z is not doing songs for the Nick. It's like it's it's like uh, the score. I still haven't seen Gatsby, by the way. It's it's pretty good. I, I think I don't know the. I I never read the novel, so I the novel has the source material has no value to me or has no like distinct meaning to me. Yeah. Um, but I think the movie's pretty good. I think I read it at some point. Yeah. Um. But no, it's like a period medical drama but think of like the score it's like the score from social network it's like that kind it's like moody electronic that score is actually real good it's fantastic i fucking love that score so but it creates this really great sort of um trent reznor weird uh uh weird disconnect between like the mood um marie antoinette uh sophia coppola's marie antoinette does the same thing um, it's more that music is all more indie rock stuff, but it's a period drama with indie rock music scoring it basically. So, hmm. um, but but yeah, no, and and I really like I, said, I really I really love all those characters. I think it's I think it's a really good movie. It's I, I haven't seen a good World War Two movie or a good like war movie in a while. 
Um, and I like, I love that this again, isn't like the big epic. We're going to cover the whole war and show a little bit of everything. It's like, no, this is one day in the war. Um, a couple, a couple of guys on a on a mission, you know, like those. I love men on a mission movies. I love those things, you well, know. Yeah. Dirty Dozen, uh, that's that's that that's the best. What did you think of the the scene with the women? The scene with the two women. I think that scene was really important, not so much for Lerman as for Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. because. The real question in there was how is grizzled war veteran jaded Brad yeah. Pitt going to respond to this kind of situation sure. where he has all of the power. Oh yeah, all of it. And that's a really interesting thing so like what, what is he going to do? Is he is he going to do something awful? Do something awful. Yeah, because yeah. you've seen the way that he treats the SS. Right. Um and you know No, like well that and how he treats his men too. Yeah. It's like is he going to do something really terrible? Mhm. And that's like the tension of that scene. I think that's the that's the remarkable tension of that yeah. scene is you keep waiting for like um, the other shoe to drop, or right. you keep waiting for him to just like, you know, basically just start fucking around with these two women to just like to when to, he said when he said to, to uh, make all of their fears realized when basically. he when he says to her, "Come over here." Yeah, I was just like, "Oh God." Yeah, exactly. Because, like, it's, I mean, there's, I mean, you have no problem believing this movie's gonna go there. Oh sure. Um, and I was just like, oh. No. no, 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 no. And the thing is that I don't. I, I had a weird feeling about it because I wasn't sure. I really didn't know whether he was going to or not. Mm-hmm. And when he didn't, I almost that was like I had a moment of this is Hollywood, not letting Brad Pitt do something terrible. Like in the moment, I'm with you. What I think is what excuse, uh, excuses it, I guess. Um, is that it's like I said, it's that great, it's that drawing out of the tension of you yeah. keep waiting for something awful to happen in that scene because those women, you, you feel the tension of those women well, of like not, these invaders who are in our home and we have to do whatever they tell us to do, no matter whatever it is that they tell us to do. And instead, they're like, they're, you know, they kind of play with that tension, but they're basically, they're good people and they're polite. Well, and they then also. It, they, they set up Lerman as good cop. Yeah. With the piano. Right, period. exactly. And the thing is that we don't know Brad Pitt well enough at that point to be like, we don't know whether he's going to be... Yeah. I mean, he's been fighting this war for all... Like, we already knew he's been in all these different stages. Mm-hmm. And we don't know whether he's going to, you know, live out the lesson of you take what you need when right. you can get it. Exactly. No matter what it is. Mm-hmm. And but no matter how terrible. What I think makes it okay, though, is that, you know... You it draws that tension out for as long as you can until finally it like you know you you he realizes he gives her the eggs and it's like we're we're it's going to be fine. There's the like eggs, it's going to be okay. Yeah, the you eggs know? the eggs was a moment and yeah. there were a couple of lines that he had yeah um, which I for me anyway really cut the tension a mm-hmm. lot. One was something it was something like she's a fine girl and if you don't take her in the room i'm gonna yeah yeah. because it's like just the line between something terrible and Uh something super decent yeah and then when he says to the other the cousin the older cousin says they're young yeah he said he says they're young and alive they're They're young young and alive alive. right and i'm like that's what i think that's a great line it was a great line and it it really cut the tension because it set up what he was actually doing the whole time exactly big brother yeah exactly i'm setting him up as exactly exactly right and like that that felt Mm -hmm. right and then but, but what makes it all like 
that's that's all great. But what makes it even better is that once that tension is kind of dissipated, mm-hmm. he's is, reading the newspaper. Yeah, like a dad. Yeah, but that that tension is all dissipated, and that is when John Bernthal and Michael Pena and Shia come in and basically they don't tear up the joint, but they are big assholes. They are big drunk fuck-ups basically oh yeah and they just make these women feel so small and so awful and like that's why i think you're like oh it's like hollywood not letting brad pitt be an asshole it's like no i think it's okay because they like let him be the good guy but then they still bring in these other guys to like make it not feel like oh all americans were okay all the americans weren't like jerks in the war it's like no no no. there were those guys but not everyone was those guys you know that's i think that scene is really well done yeah because it keeps you on edge just enough and it resolves things in a way that you can actually sort of believe exactly well it's like i said you know it's like and also it it makes you connect with the different characters in very different ways oh totally i think i think shy is really good in that scene too yeah Um, He's like he's just kind of quiet and holding it all in. Yeah. Uh, like Bernthal's like Michael going Pena. crazy. Pena's, Pena's fucking amazing. He's, <laughs> he's on the fucking top hat and I mean, oh can we just God. come out right now and yeah. say that he's Heart of the Ghostbusters? Both, both, Michael both Pena, of no Heart of the Ghostbusters, yeah, without question. Yeah. Holy fuck, he yeah. was wonderful. Oh man, and when he we're spoiling when when he dived on that grenade. Oh my God! Oh, I such totally, a killer. I totally believe that's yeah, how that guy would go. Absolutely, like that's your boy. One hundred percent. You have you. How can the heart of the Ghostbusters not be the guy who dives on the grenade to save everybody else in the tank? Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah, no, but it's you know, it's like I said, that's that scene with the two women. It is. It's like it's it's like a little short story, you know. Yeah. Like I would that that could have been its own little. That's that's um, O Henry. That whole thing and and just and then the raid and, mm-hmm. the, and the, the bullet well, explosion say, and he tries to dig her. Oh my god. Well, yeah, exactly. That's it's all O Henry. Yeah, all that's O Henry. Well, I say for me, I think of it as and like this is now sort of the the the, the standard in my head is yeah. the scene from Wolf of Wall Street. This is the Quaalude scene where oh it's like <laughs> where it's like it feels like a little short film in the middle of the larger movie. Yes, like, that's what yes. this like that scene feels like. That the the shooting the SS officer feels like that. Yeah. Um, the guys you know sitting around uh, drinking the bottle. Best job I ever had. Like it's like if you wanted to Best make job I ever had. That I one know, cuts right? you real deep. Oh God. And you totally believe that it's true of those guys, you know? I'm realizing right now that I like this movie a lot more than I thought I did. Yeah, I really, really liked this movie. I a can lot. tell you that when when Jenna and I got out of there, man, we did not talk a lot. Yeah, no, it gets you, man. It real, it really gets you. Like, it's like, all the horrors of war, but that got, aren't that don't involve shooting. Right, and then we we got, we got to the car. And yeah, it, it was like, I mean, we we had like a serious conversation mm-hmm. after that movie. Like we were both just like, mm. mm-hmm. hey, Jamie didn't like it as much, and I didn't. We didn't really talk about why per se. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was hoping she was going to join us today, but she's had she had a lot of other work to well, do. So, it's like, um, it's but no, of, it's it, like I said, it's it's the horrors of war that don't involve shooting. So all of the like the battle sequences, they just serve as almost like tension breaker, yeah. like like just action scenes, basically, just like cool war action scenes, and all the drama and the tension and the things that make you feel uncomfortable and make you nervous are not like, oh, is this character gonna get blown up in yeah. this tank? It's like, what fucking horrible thing are they gonna make this person do next? I mean, it's it's a movie that makes you really think about 
what you are, mm-hmm. who you are, and what you might be willing to do for what reasons. Absolutely. And, 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 how, that's, and how far you might go. Yeah. And or that's you, Lerman's journey. You, or how far you can't go. Yeah. That's Lerman's journey, and it's a fascinating journey. It's good cinema, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, that last shot, um, man, that last shot is just so great of the, the really slow aerial pull out. Yeah. So you just see the tank at the crossroads and just all those fucking bodies around the tank. Holy that's, shit. I feel like that shot. I that's Because you almost like in the battle, you don't realize how many people. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing like the that shot, I think we really got the the butt of it sitting so close. sitting so close yeah no absolutely. it looked it looked super flat yeah um, no i agree i think if we had been yeah 10 rows back it would have had a much hit, bigger impact hit way deeper yeah but even still like i yeah. was like oh my god because it's and it's such a slow pull out yeah that's what i loved about it yeah. but yeah man that last shot is a doozy it's a lot better than rocky balboa yeah. walking down a long road yeah. for 20 minutes but i would you know i wouldn't be surprised like i said you know that sort of ebb and flow of, of war movies to see more like you know, tight. Ma- yeah, tight man on a mission, like one squad of guys in the middle of the war trying to do one one isolated thing. Maybe that's what movies. War, I would love that. Maybe that's what war movies should be mm-hmm. is like little plays. Exactly. One, one like really, mm-hmm. really one or you know one one major set. Yeah. Two sets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. In look, I I I hope that this we a lot of. The stuff that I love about this feels like it could very easily inform Suicide Squad, um, and I'm I'm hoping that 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 turns out to be true. Yeah. Ayer's other big movie that I haven't watched yet is um, End of Watch, and that's mm. also it's Michael Pena and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, and they're like LAPD cops who they're being interesting. They're Stephen like Strange. morally questionable LAPD cops who Gyllenhaal is Stephen Strange. Yeah, I could actually see that sort I of. Get a, I can get on board with that bubble, to a certain degree. Bubble Boy, Stephen Strange. <laughs> His new movie, Nightcrawler, is supposed to be a think, wonderful. Think, think about think about that. So you have Stephen Strange, right? Think of him as a cross of Jimmy the Bubble Boy and, and Donnie, Donnie Darko. Darko. That yeah. kind of works. I could buy that <laughs> to a certain degree. I could buy that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna mull that over this week. Uh, well, look, we've gone very well, long today. This is, yeah. We've gone very long. I mean, we'll edit this down a little, but man, we'll, this has gone very long. Yeah. But we had a lot of things. Like I said, there was a lot of things to this talk is a about. Big news week. It's a big news big week. Big news so. week and a good movie. And a good movie. And a good big movie news week and a good fucking movie. So um, never happened. I know. It's been it's been a while. Uh, well, Liz, next week uh, we're gonna talk John Wick. After that, we you know November we get some real movies coming. After no that. shit. Well, after that next the Friday after that is Halloween. I don't know what's coming out on Halloween. Maybe we should we should definitely do something like we horror. Should. We should do like a, a proper Halloween movie for Halloween weekend. I feel like this is actually a really good time, being Halloween, to watch for the second time. In a plastic nightmare? No, that, that's also because I'm bringing it. I almost showed it to Jason last night, and I'm going to bring it to his house. He, is he aware of that movie? No, I. Just, oh man, he'll love it. <laughs> I described it to him as imagine if imagine think of Psycho, but if the the dead mom's corpse was an anthropomorphic medical dummy, and if the lead character kind of looks like Wesley from <laughs> Next Generation. Um, no, we should watch. I like you know what I haven't seen in a long time. This is not what I was thinking of, but okay. I would watch App Pupil again. Ooh, I haven't watched that in a while. Like a long time. Yeah. I don't remember the story. Yeah. Uh, but I remember it being really good. Ian but McKellen. no, what I what I yeah. What I was thinking of 
That I kid didn't... is dead too. No. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brad Renfro. Yeah, he died a couple years ago. Oh, well. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Uh, Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> okay. Dude, Freddy versus Jason. Dude, I've been watching. I think your perspective on the whole thing would be different after we're... Dream Warriors. Well, I was gonna say we were watching. Like, I watched Dream Warriors. Uh, Jason just watched. Uh, 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 the second Nightmare on Elm Street because yeah. it's streaming. I want to try and fit that in some yeah. point this week. Freddy um, versus Jason. That movie. I just remember that movie being fucking amazing. Yeah. It's just like I mean, yeah. in, in the same way that Alien versus Predator is kind of amazing. Uh-huh. It's just like, what the fuck is uh-huh. this movie? No, absolutely. Uh, I'd be down. I'd be down for that. I'd also be down for Jason X. Jason in space. I'm never, always down for Jason. Never seen Jason X. You haven't seen Jason X? No. Holy shit! Jason X is wonderful. All it's right. Jason in space All in right. the future. It's great. Halloween double feature. Oh my god. Jason X, Freddy vs. Jason. I'm in. Dude. Sign me up. Fabulous. I'm. Uh, Jenna won't come. No, neither will she. Jenna does not like horror stuff. No, neither does Jamie. Done. It's fine. Okay. Oh Boys night. God. Yes. Alright. This is great stuff. Excellent. Alright. Well, I think that just about does it for us uh, this week. Yeah. Uh, Bart, thank you for uh, oh, joining me in madness as always. Yeah. Uh, you can follow along on the blog at dailyscreening.com. You can... Uh, follow us on uh, Facebook and on Twitter at Daily Screening, as well as you know Tumblr, Instagram, all those other places. Tumblr? You have a Tumblr. I have a Tumblr. There's a Tumblr. What is it? Tumble. You know, mostly pictures and things. I'm I'm very negligent of the Tumblr. Mostly when I put something on Instagram, it ends up on Tumblr. That's mostly what's on the Tumblr. Um, fucking, I, I'm fucking I, I should spend more, pay more attention to it. I don't totally understand the concept of Tumblr. It's it's entertaining. It's a lot of it's it's it's, it's a lot of gifts. Well, that's fine. It's a lot of memes. I, I appreciate... I, I, I love me a good animated gif. I know, right? Yeah. And, of course, you can uh, follow the podcast here on iTunes uh, and on SoundCloud as well. Uh, uh, we I had, hope... We yeah, had, I hope you I had keep fun listening. It up. I keep fucking it up, man. Daily hopes that you had fun listening. We certainly had fun talking for two hours, seven minutes, and 32 seconds. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. Are you aware that fantastical is not actually a word? Yeah.